everybody. Welcome to the Let's Talk podcast. This is your host, Will Smith. And I am so excited that you guys have chosen to listen to my podcast today. I'm excited. Every time I get to make and create a podcast and to allow someone to hear um, my thoughts and my heart, I begin to get so excited and elated that someone wants to listen to little old me. I know this market is, I want to say saturated, but there's a lot of people doing podcasts, but there are people who will listen to me and I am grateful. I am excited, counted as an honor that you guys have chosen to listen to me today. So here on today's um, Let's Talk podcast, there's a discussion we're going to be talking about. And the topic of our discussion today is church hurt, fact or myth. Do me a favor. When you hear the term or the phrase church hurt, what are one of the first things that come to your mind? Do you think about a pastor? Do you think about a preacher? What do you think about? What vision do you see? What's what's something that you see when you hear the word or what's something that you hear when you hear the phrase church hurt? And the reason why I'm asking this question is because I believe this movement, this church hurt movement um, or this hashtag church hurt movement is gaining momentum. And there's some validity to the people who have experienced trauma in the church. And I believe that most of us or all of us have some kind of story to tell um, because we may have suffered some pain, some discomfort, some trauma at the hands of someone inside of the organization of church. When I say church, I'm not talking about the body of Christ as a whole, but I'm talking about our local assemblies. So let's get into this podcast, you all. I am so ready and excited to talk about this. Now, listen, I'm going to, this is my disclaimer. Things may get uncomfortable a bit. You may even experience a little anger, uh, maybe because you have some unresolved issues. But my goal is at the end of this podcast that we will talk about this um, with a sense of maturity, that we will have empathy in our hearts towards the people who have gone through certain things, and that we begin to take steps towards healing. That means if we have to talk to a therapist, that means if we need to sit down with a friend who may have hurt us and and clear the air, then let's do that. Because I believe that we all need to have and come or live and or send to this place of wholeness and healing. All right. Once again, this is your boy, Will Smith, and this is the Let's Talk podcast. I'm so excited. Let's get into it, y'all. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's talk about this um, this topic of church hurt being fact or myth. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, let's 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 discuss this real quick. Well, not even real quick. Let's just take our time and walk through this. When we say church hurt, when you say church hurt, when you think of church hurt, what are the things that come to your mind when you hear that phrase? Um, here lately, um, this has been a, a, a movement that has begun to gain. Um, a lot of traction. And when I say begin to gain a lot of traction, what I mean by that is for decades, people have been hurt um, while being in the organization or their local assembly of church. It doesn't matter if it's Pentecostal. It doesn't matter if it's African-American Episcopal, if it's CME, if it's First Baptist, if it's Primitive Baptist, if it's Kojic or Apostolic. There has been this trending topic of hurt at the hands of someone um, that we probably have trusted, at the hands of someone that we probably have called at one point in time a friend or brother, because it is known um, 
in the church, uh, we call people brother or sister. And what happens um, in a, a social setting like church and in a subculture like church, things like hurt, pain, um, anger and arguments, things happen to where people um, fall out. Or, you know, people who were once best of friends, you know, have words and then they fall out and not fall out by like passing out and losing consciousness. But I'm talking about falling out with each other with with each other and they no longer talk to each other. Um, and for decades, um, things like teenage pregnancy has happened. Uh, things like um, sexual misconduct and sexual abuse has happened within the confines and within the four walls of the church. And we don't deal with these issues properly. Um, let's go back to the issue of, um, you know, premarital sex or um, teen pregnancy in the church. Um, there were times where people would get pregnant in the church and we wouldn't see them for years because they um, get sent away to live with like their aunt or uncle in a different state because being pregnant um, was like a stain on the reputation of the family. They, the daughter will be sent away. Um, and for years, for I mean years, for decades, people dealt with and held on to these things and these traumas from childhood into their adult years and then to their married life. And they have not dealt with these issues. And now the spotlight is being shown upon the church um, and I'm not talking about the, the universal body of Christ. I'm talking about the local assembly. The light has been shown upon what has happened in the churches for years. And there is years of undealt with and unresolved pain. And people are finding ways or trying to find ways to deal with them. They're trying to cope with these issues. And I'm sorry, but... They're not dealing with them in constructive ways. They're dealing with them now with the advent of the Internet and, and, and social gossip columns. People are taking their stories to different social gossip columns and to YouTube and they're making stories and they're airing the quote unquote dirty laundry of the church. And this is causing a huge, huge storm. Um, Within the local assemblies, pastors are losing their churches. Um, relationships are being destroyed because we're not dealing with the unresolved issues that are swept under the rug in the African-American church. For so long, we have heard topics like mental illness be laughed at and scoffed and for years, for decades and centuries, it has been told that in the black church that black people do not go to therapy, that black folks don't have the time to be depressed, that people, the African-American people, all we need to do is just tuck it and allow God to deal with it. And I am sorry, but this has stained us for such a long time that people uh, have not received the proper care that they needed. And now the roosters or the chickens are coming home to roost. Now um, there is a ringing and a sounding of the alarm that is happening within the African-American church. Sure, the, the hashtag, you know, church hurt. Some people are making fun of and making light of it. 
But what they need to understand that there is a very serious undertone and current um, that is rising and that is causing some alarm and there's causing some spotlight to be shone upon the issues and shined upon the issues of the church. And it is amazing. It is amazing. And it's not even laughable. It is amazing um, now to see how these things are being dealt with. I have my own personal testimonies of things that happened to me in church. And I had to talk to a therapist about them because church hurt or being hurt by the hands of someone in the organization where we call each other um, sentimental terms like brother and sister. We get hurt because someone has been close to us. Listen, I already know that, you know, when someone is hurt, it's easier for me to deal with the hurt of someone who's not close to me. But it's another to deal with the pain and the trauma um, at the hands of someone who has been close to me, who I've been vulnerable with, who I've been intimate with. And when I say intimate, I'm not talking about sexual intimacy. I'm talking about the intimacy where I, I tell you some of my deepest, darkest secrets and I tell you these things out of confidence and you use those things against me to hurt me. This is the kind that I'm talking about. David said, I was wounded in the house of my friend. That means I was able to tell you and share with you some very intricate details of my life. And you buried me. You burned me. You talked about those things. You spread gossip and lies in you, in you, in you, and you've hurt me. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of, when people talk about church hurt, I believe that is exactly what they're discussing. I believe that is exactly what they're talking about. You know, there are stories of young ladies who um, trusted uh, people in leadership and young people who trusted people in leadership and then they were taken advantage of. It's not that the church took advantage of them. It was the fact that it happened by the hands of someone in the organization by which we declared them to be brother or sister or we declared them to be safe and at some instance, they were not safe. They were not um, trustworthy. They took advantage of our youth. They took advantage of our naivety, and and they they take they took it and twisted it for their own personal gain and satisfaction. I believe this is what we're talking about when we say church hurt, because we correlate that brother or sister speech with. Um, the actual structural building. And this is why we call it church hurt. Now, is church hurt real or fake? I don't think that we can actually sit in the seat of judgment and tell someone that what they experienced was not real. I think it comes from a very immature uh, perspective to tell someone that what you've dealt with is not real, that what you're going through was not real. It was a figment of your imagination or if you would just did this, you would not have experienced that. Okay. I think that is very, very, very um, foolish of someone to say something like that. I just think that we need to really take the blinders off. And as a church, we need to begin to deal with these issues because people have suffered. They have suffered. We have people who are closet alcoholics and drug addicts because of what they suffered at the hands of someone else who we deemed to be safe, 
whom we deem to be trustworthy and they weren't trustworthy. Now, does that say that Jesus Christ cannot save and he's unable to heal and deliver? No, not at all. But what happens is we placed our trust in people. And when they hurt us, we correlate that hurt that we received by their hands. By, and then we'll say that this is church hurt. And this is not church hurt. This was someone who was in the walls or associated with a local assembly who hurt us. Okay, case in point. My mother's, um, one of my mother's best friend's son sexually assaulted me when I was young. He was, I was a kid. He was much older than I was. I cannot take what he did to me and blame the church for it. But I can't hold him responsible for what he did. And I think this is what we need to do. I think we need to hold the person of the individual responsible for what they did. But I don't think that the church should pay the price for what the person did. The person should be held accountable. The person should be held responsible. But the church should not have to face the judgment based upon what the person did. However, the caveat to that is that because of the position or the title that the person held like a pastor, the fallout is greater, the damage is greater, and the local assembly suffers because of who was in leadership. It doesn't make it fair, but that's just a part of what's happened. That's like, that's, you know, the local assembly becomes a casualty of war. And we need to talk about this. This is something that we need to discuss in great detail because there's so many people out there hurting and we want to hear people's stories. We want to make sure that their stories are heard. Yeah, it's important that we hear um, people's stories because I believe if we listen to their stories and once we hear their stories with an empathetic ear instead of a non-judgmental ear, I believe that this there will be all kind of healing um, that can take place in closure, that can take place in the lives of people who have experienced some sort of trauma, some sort of hurt or pain in um, the local assembly of church, not the body of Christ as a whole, but in the local assembly of church. Um, I was doing some research and I have called a couple of colleagues and reached out to a few colleagues, <clears throat> pardon me, reached out to a couple of colleagues and I was trying to find um, or searching for answers or trying to search for information to get some data um, that, um, that kept track of like things that happened in church, like church hurt. Um, maybe that's not the correct term to, to search out to find data. But I was looking for like church trauma, religious trauma. Um, but there's no tracking for like church hurt. Um, there's no, um, no kind of tracking at all for church hurt. I think that the church, the body of Christ or local assemblies, we need to do uh, a better job of tracking stories of church hurt. And the reason I say this is because this can be um, a marker for us. This We can learn from this. There's this old adage that says, if you do not learn from history, you, uh, you're doomed to repeat it. 
And, you know, if we don't learn from these stories, if we don't learn from the behaviors, if we don't take more stringent measures of making sure people are in positions um, that are trustworthy, um, then we will repeat some of the same offenses and people will still be talking about um, the church hurt phrase. Now, do not get me wrong. I'm not discounting anyone's experience or anyone's pain or hurt that they suffered at the hands of anyone that was in their local assembly. What I am saying is that we need to make sure um, that people are held accountable and not the church in its entirety. Once again, let me say this for clarity, that we hold the person accountable, but the church, um, the organization or the body of Christ, um, the church, the universal body of Christ should not be indicted and should not be blamed for what happened by the hands of an individual or individuals. Case in point, let me break it down even a little bit further. Um, okay, when we say church hurt, um, when someone says that they were in an argument with somebody that was in the church, that were their friends, they'll say that that was church hurt. And I'm not necessarily sure if that's necessarily would be labeled as church hurt, not taking away the validity of how they feel. I just don't feel like that was necessarily uh, a, a church hurt. Um, a church hurt to me probably would be um, being in a local assembly with a leader who is controlling. I think that may hold more weight as church hurt. A controlling leader that would, to me that would hold a little bit more weight and credence as church hurt an argument between two people um, in an environment where there are all imperfect people i would not say that that would be church hurt but once again i'll go back to the scripture where david was talking about how he was the scripture was talking about how he was wounded in the house of his friends you know I believe this is where the phrase church hurt has come from. They were wounded in the house of their friend because they did life together. They shared stories. They were intimate, not physically, but they were intimate by sharing stories and, and, and sharing what was on their heart. And if someone betrays your trust in the church or in the local assembly, then that is correlated as church hurt. And I'm not saying that church hurt is not real. I'm saying that maybe we need to look at it from a different vantage point or look at it from a different lens. Instead of calling it church hurt, maybe there's, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe we can, I'm not saying call it something else, but to label it church hurt, I'm thinking that it just may be a bit obtuse, um, maybe a little immature to say church hurt, because when you say church hurt, that means there's this huge indictment against, like I said, a group of people that we may not even know. Um, we may not ever seen, we may not have even interacted with, but there's this indictment when we say church hurt, that means the entire body has hurt one person. I don't, that's just, it's unfair to make a statement like that. I do believe that people have had trauma and suffered some type of trauma a pain and anguish at the hands of a person in the local assembly. Um, but to say church hurt and to, to call it church hurt, 
I'm just not quite sure um, how to fashion that. And I am willing to have more discussions on this topic because this topic needs to be addressed. We need to dig and delve deeper into this topic and let's get to the root of the problem and bring some closure um, to this to this topic. Matter of fact, I don't even think you can bring closure to the topic. I'm sorry for even saying that. I don't think you can bring closure to the topic, but this needs to be discussed with a mature, open mindset, an open mind, so people can explain themselves and voice their concerns and voice their opinions and how they feel. Once again, I am not discounting anyone's uh, experience. I am not saying that the way that you feel is invalid. That would be so wrong of me because I cannot take away how you feel. I cannot say that you did not feel hurt when you encountered a certain thing. You cannot. I can't say that. That is that would be very immature of me. What I'm saying is that there's I would love to discuss this. This topic of church hurt fact or myth, I would love to discuss this topic um, at a more deeper level. I think um, it's so surface when we just say church hurt because we fell out with someone. It's so surface and it's so broad. But if we want to get to the core of it, then we'll find out probably that church hurt may not be the correct terminology we want to use to explain or express how something felt or how we felt while, um, you know, in church, um, because people will, there are some, there are a group of people who are scoffing and will scoff and laugh and discount people's claims of church hurt. That like, again, once again, I'm not, that's not me. I'm not that guy because I did, you know, suffer some pain and some anguish, um, and some discomfort, um, at the hands of people that were in my local assembly especially when my parents were becoming pastors, when they were running for the to become pastors. That's a whole nother story. And we'll continue in that vein too about, um, because I think that would probably be considered church hurt, quote unquote. But, you know, I had to learn how to let those people go. Now, I held some resentment for a long time. Um, I was angry for a long time because of how they treated me. Um, but I had to learn how to forgive. Those were some very real moments in my life. And I know that some of you out there have the same thing. You have experienced some very real moments while you were in the local assembly and someone hurt you. Someone said something that hurt your feelings. Someone did something that hurt your feelings. You walked in on something. You heard some innuendo. You were, um, your family was a part of some scandal. These things are very, very real. But like I said, I don't think the, the body of Christ um, aggregately should be held accountable for the actions of one to two or a handful of people. Okay. So I would love to talk about this in more detail. As a matter of fact, I believe we can leave the lines open and you guys can ask me all the questions that you want and we can bring this topic, bring some, shed some more light on this topic because I think this topic needs to be talked about and discussed on a much deeper level. But like I said before, it takes some very mature people and audience members who would like to talk about this subject, who would like to speak on this subject with very mature understanding. You can't come at it um, with immaturity. You can't come with it, come at it um, through a filtered or uh, lens of hurt. You have to come 
and speak. Now, I'm not saying don't speak what's on your mind and don't speak what's on your heart. But sometimes if we speak through the filtered lens of hurt, um, there will be an instance, there will be some unfairness. I'm not saying that what you did, what you experienced was not real. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that we need to discuss this with some maturity. All right. I'm about to sign off. This is your boy, Will Smith. And this is the Let's Talk podcast. I'm so glad that you all were able to listen to this to this podcast. We talked about church hurt and this episode will go on. We will probably have two to three more episodes I'm talking about church hurt and we're going to talk about this. We're going to discuss this and we're going to get deep on this level, you guys, because I want to make sure that people receive the healing and the closure that they need. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I love uh, I would love for you to give me your feedback. Let me know. Hey, maybe your mic quality was wasn't great or your vocals weren't great or something. But I, I, I welcome your feedback. Positive feedback is great. Um, constructive criticism is welcomed, um, but negativity, not welcome. Like I said, positive feedback, constructive criticism, but negativity. Um, there's a difference between constructive criticism and negativity. Once again, this is your boy, your friend, Will Smith. I'm signing off. Thank you so much for listening to the Let's Talk podcast. Be on the lookout for episode four. We'll still be talking about church hurt, fact or myth. I love you guys. Be blessed.